Hello, this is a Q&A on our anniversary. You are tuned in to Relay FM. We have people listening live in the chat room, and this is obviously going out as you may be hearing it. As one of our B-sides, the last time we did this was just under a year ago. We, I think I'm Mike Hurley. I have Stephen Hackett. We are the co-founders <laughs> of Relay FM. You probably know who we are if you're listening to this. I'd be very surprised if this was the first thing <laughs> that you stumbled across. It would be very boring for you, I think. Um, check out some of our other shows first. There's loads of them at Relay.fm. It's our one-year anniversary, and we did this at the end of the first week, didn't we? did um, we were just talking about how it had gone and we thought you know one of the things that we could maybe do is to give people i don't know like a little look behind the scenes and we have a bunch of really really great great questions uh i encourage people in the chat room to ask questions as well um i will try and keep my eye on that i hope Stephen will keep his eye on it too but we've been collecting questions over the last couple of weeks and we want to talk about some of those so uh like, should we just jump in, or do you want to? Do you, do you have any opening statements you want to make? Uh, I feel like any statements I will make have already been asked as questions, so I don't want to take the thunder away from that. So, um, uh, I will ask the first question. We can just alternate. Can round robin, as we said, unconnected once, then mm. no one understands how it works. Go round the robin. Mm. Round it, not through it. Round <laughs> or the over it. Round. It. <laughs> you go through a robin. It's really messy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian asked, uh, "What?" has been the scariest thing you've dealt with while starting Relay? Uh, Probably day one, I think, was the scariest thing. Because, I mean, I think that we believed that we'd done everything right. You know, like we kind of had... We had a, a, a few different scenarios that I think drew attention. So me announcing that I was leaving 5x5 and all the ambiguity around that. Um, and then all the shows went away, and then we did nothing for a month. Then we announced that Relay was coming, and we had this really great landing page, which I've been looking for weeks to try and find a version of that, but can't find it. Do you have anything? Do you have like an image of it or anything? I think it's in. I think I have the HTML still. Yeah, because I would just like to look at it. I'll, if you could send me that at some point, that'd be awesome. Because we did this lovely little letter, didn't we? Before ta- before Taylor Swift made open letters cool, we'd done one. Yes, uh, and we announced and what people- we were doing. And people mocked your signature endlessly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Basically, if my handwriting is anywhere on the internet, people make fun of it. Um, and this was one of the things. Uh, and we kind of, we announced the shows, we announced what we were doing. Obviously, this was the first time that anybody knew that you were involved at a high level as well, I think. Because we kind of kept things quiet up to that point. Because I didn't even say that I was going on to do anything else in podcasting we were just kind of just like oh we're going away um right and it was kind of just like what if everything broke like what if we were completely wrong and nobody cared <laughs> you know that was that was the fear <laughs> right we do it and, and nine people show up it's just like what are you even doing here man just go away we preferred it when there were no shows that you were on uh and uh, yeah, so I think that's the biggest the biggest thing that I've been scared of was actually was day one because touch wood, um, there hasn't really been anything bad happen. And we have a question later which touches on something like that, but we haven't had any catastrophes really at all. No, I think I think for me the scariest thing was before we launched. Just we're gonna talk about this too about getting the business itself set up, like the actual legal entity. Uh, that is Relay FM, and a lot of that early, like the banking, like all that stuff, 
not scary in the sense that like you know someone's gonna go to jail or anything but it was stressful like it was a stressful type of fear of like I because you know, a lot of that was on me is like I have a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff that I am learning as I'm doing it and talking to people and figuring it out sort of as we go and and that was a very stressful it's sort of that um uh really that July period for me as we set up the business and everything was um there were some frightening moments in there for me yeah because it's it's one thing to decide we're going to start a business together and then it's another thing to be like will anybody legally accept this <laughs> as a thing? Like, we can decide it, but will anybody else be happy with that? Who knows? Right. Did we just invent money laundering? Um, so, anyways, um, the next question is from, from Will. And this is a common question we've gotten a lot, especially today. Um, looking back, did you guys think you'd be where you are a year ago? So, looking ahead a year, um, you know, to, to today... Where do you think you would be? I mean, I wish I'd written it down. <laughs> like, we never really, I don't think we set any goals, right? We just, I think that for me, what I wanted and what I hoped is that Relay FM would be around still and we'd be in a good place. Like, that was it. And I don't think either of us expected to be where we are now uh audience size host size the amount of shows the amount of money that we make the fact that we're both now supported financially by the business like i don't think either of us expected that i definitely didn't i thought it would happen at some point you know i thought that we had a good chance of us getting to a point where this business was our livelihoods but i don't think i expected it to happen within a year i mean it was within a couple of months for me and then before a year for you yeah uh I agree with all that. I think I think a lot of that stuff happened faster um, and sort of like more aggressively than we had talked about. And and you know maybe it's um, maybe it's weird to hear people to hear us say like there wasn't like a plan. Like we didn't say by month seven we want this many shows. Um, a lot of it was really organic and and overall. I mean I think we're much bigger, much more successful than than I had envisioned uh, a year into it and. Uh, just a lot of really great things have happened over the last 12 months. Yep. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Wit has asked, and Wit's your brother-in-law, uh, how many new podcasts are in the pipeline for the next year? Um, and is there anything that we would do differently? Maybe one or two kind of currently. Um, I think it's important to say that we don't like a lot of shows don't have a lot of lead time. So material, I think is the exception to that where we have wanted to do a Google show for a long time. And it was about finding the right people. Uh, but a lot of shows like liftoff, for instance, we just launched or even top four very short run up times. It's like being in air quotes in the pipeline is really sometimes only a couple weeks process to do artwork and settle some things. And, um, very rarely do some, does something come along where we're planning it for months in advance. I know there's something you're working on that that is taking a lot of advance work, but for the most part, things sort of come up and we decide to do them, and it's you know out the door relatively quickly. Yeah, and as well, like a lot of the shows have come to us in a certain form. Like I think pretty much every single show on the network, with a couple of exceptions have been opportunities that have come our way that we couldn't say no to. And they, they come to us in a, like, formed state, you know? Right. So it's like we didn't... 
like three, maybe even a month ago, we didn't know we were going to add the two shows that we added <laughs> yesterday, right? And that is the way that we've been. Like an opportunity comes our way. Do we have space for it? Yes, we'll work on it and we like it and we think that it's a great idea. So let's go ahead and do it. Will asked, uh, what areas do you see Relay expanding into in the future? Do you think you'll stay mostly tech or will you branch out to other subjects? Uh, I think we'll ex- we'll definitely branch out. We'll continue to expand. Like, we just expanded into space. Um, but I don't know where specifically we're going to go. But I think it's important to us um, to go in other areas. I don't think we really want to have too much more tech-focused stuff because we've pretty much got that covered now. Mm-hmm. Um, there would have to be a really good reason that uh, you know a technology show would make its way to Relay now. Uh, and... I think for us to continue, we're going to want to grow into different areas to attract new audiences. Yeah, and I think Liftoff is sort of the first example of that, of taking a half step out of consumer technology. It's still nerdy, but it's not tech, right, the, the yep. way that you think about it. Um, yeah, I think I think our model could work to a bunch of different things of sort of, you know, there, there are conversations amongst hosts that, that very often are friends, but uh, they're they're their outline, I mean, it's, it's a conversation, right? It's not that highly stylized, highly edited NPR model. Um, I think our model works in a lot of different areas. Like I could totally see different types of shows uh, fitting into our sort of um, framework. And so it's just about, like you said, finding the right things, finding the right people, and, and seeing what happens. And as Mike R points in the, out in the chat room, the obvious one that we have is Pen Addict. And the Pen Addict has been around longer than Relay. You know, it's mm-hmm. been around... For a long time three years um and that for us is the model in that we know it can exist right because the pen addict is successful um with a modest audience but has been around for so long and it's because the people that love that show really love that show um and that's just how that is you know so we know from that show that this stuff works and we're we can we will continue to apply that thinking to future projects yeah, I think that's well said. This is a question that loads of people asked. Uh, yeah. Rightly so. Chris asked, when can we expect the snazzy Relay iPhone app that you teased in late April? So we should probably talk about this a bit. Yeah. Um, so we're so working... We're, Go ahead. We're working with Tapjet, who were previously Glide. Um, and we did a promo with them during their Kickstarter phase. And we've been working with them for a long time. And that company has obviously gone through a lot of change, right? They've been bringing on new clients and stuff like that. So we've been working with them. Um, and I, I don't think that we necessarily got the app together as quick as we wanted. But we have been working very hard on it over the last few weeks. And it is in a great state right now. Um, and we do have a kind of release window. Do you want to tell people what we're thinking? Yeah, so the uh, plan is to release alongside with iOS 9. It won't require iOS 9. There's some extra goodies if you're running iOS 9. Um, but our plan is to be out uh, alongside Apple's iOS update uh, this fall. So, you know, um, historically speaking, that's probably the second or third week of September. So about a month out, and we expect to uh, to launch in that in that window. And it's the app is is intended to be simple. Um, it is tailored around streaming live. That is what it is purposed to do. Uh, and, you know, we're going to try and make it so people can find out about new shows and then subscribe to them in the app that they want to listen to. And we don't really have any 
plans we don't have any plans to create an app which you know is the only place you get relay shows or whatever it's just a way for people to listen live easily on their mobile devices um, and then we're going to be adding more functionality to enhance that experience but the thing is the thing that we're working really hard on is getting it to look the way that we want i think relay has a very distinct visual style because of the fantastic forgotten how um that's frank's twitter handle his name's not even frank but it's what we'll call him and frank has worked very hard across everything that you see um he had a hand in the layout of the web design all of the iconography for all of the shows and also the app as well and he's been working really hard with the tapjet team to get it looking the way that we want and the way that we're proud of and the way that we're happy to put our name to it um and so we're just uh, we're polishing it but promise you it is coming i i'm using it uh i get push notifications now when the shows go live like it it is alive uh, but we're just finishing it up and i'm really i'm sorry that we uh have left you out in the dark about that for quite a while yeah uh so coming uh coming up next we have a question from jeff uh kind of best and uh and worst moment so far and um uh, I, I don't know what do you think what what's your best moment mike I felt like uh, I felt like the launch day was too obvious, and I think launch day was fantastic, but it was too much, you know, <laughs> like too much to take in. I think my favorite single day or favorite single moment was probably the summer premieres day when we um, announced Cortex and Reconcilable Differences, because I think that that was a really great day for us because we announced two big shows at the same time with fantastic guests like host sorry co-host like being able to bring on john syracuse and merlin man and cgp gray in one day felt really really good pretty good uh, yeah and it felt like a it felt like we were really making a mark that day um the fact that we could do that and we could launch them both at the same time like that was so much horrifically hard work to get all of those pieces aligned you know right like that that was crazy uh but we did it and it went perfectly and i was so happy that it went as well as it did and i think it was a really great day for us i think that's my favorite day uh i think i i think i will agree with you uh but for, i mean for for that reason and i would just add um that those shows like that that they were um sort of summer pilots, right? That we only committed to 10 episodes of each. Like that's something that we can do because it's our thing, right? That we can experiment, we can try different things um, that we can say, hey, you know what? We're going to commit to 10 and we're going to see where it goes from there. That we're not going to promise anything past that. It's flexibility that we have now. I think that's really has allowed us to do some some interesting things that, you know, you might not be able to do if if, if you're not running the show. Yep, 100%. We have worst moment. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I will say, I will say, uh, I'll, my worst moment at least was at, um, was at WWDC uh, this year where, <laughs> so we were going to record a bunch of shows uh, in person because like half the network was in San Francisco together, which is very unusual. We're all scattered all around the globe. Um, so we brought an entire suitcase of like, a literal suitcase of audio equipment with a mixer and a bunch of microphones and stands and like I can't believe it made it through four airports. Uh, and we had a lot of technical issues 
recording. And it wasn't like any one moment that sort of broke me, even though doing Connected that week was uh, terrible. It was super difficult to get it all to work. But it was just a very hard week in the sense of there was a lot to do and nothing really worked well. And I expect next time, or if we do anything this fall, it will be much easier that now that we have gone through that, but like I had to take it to the talk show and like Casey and Marco and everyone, and you're like, everyone's texting me. They're like, like, Holy crap. Phil Schiller's on stage. Where the hell are you? And like, I'm, I'm like producing rocket. Like they had to record now, like the system barely functions, you know, like, um, I can't be there. And, and I was happy to do, I was happy to, to produce rocket. I produce rocket every week now. And it's, it's one of my favorite things I do. Uh, but it was like just so much to do and so much went wrong that week. Technically, um, it really took a lot of the fun out of it for me. So I'm hoping yeah. that next year, A, we do less in person, uh, yep. hopefully, and uh, we do it in a more structured way and we have better understanding of the equipment. Yeah, we really overcommitted to the amount of shows that we did live. Yeah. And we were excited because everyone was there and we had all the equipment, but it was too much. And, and it got worse because we had to keep rescheduling things because things kept breaking. Do you remember trying to edit Connected? Yeah, it was. And your MacBook Pro would just not accept Logic? Oh, it yeah, was... Yeah, because yeah, I, bra- I had a brand new machine. Yeah, it was um, it was bad news. Um, Jeff also asked what the best lesson we've learned is. And I think it's very simple to me. And, and this was kind of, we had that fantastic TechCrunch article today and Romain did a good job of putting into words the things that me and Stephen were saying around this idea. Um, just to try and do right by people. That's a defining thing that me and Stephen have spoken about and we have articulated to each other that we were on the same page about this from before we even had a name, uh, that we would just make sure that the people that we work with feel happy to work with us because that's important. That's what we care about, maybe more than anything else, that we build this family, that everybody loves working together, and everyone feels like they're being treated fairly, and they enjoy it. And that's the number one lesson. And it's kind of a lesson learned because we know that the thinking that we had initially was correct. So the lesson we've learned is to continue following our instincts like that, I think. I I totally agree. So there we go. So we'll put put the... uh, TechCrunch article in the show notes as well. This is there. There are some links and stuff for this. They're at relay.fm slash. Oh man, B hyphen sides. Why did we do that? Slash fourteen. That's the biggest mistake we made. <laughs> putting yeah, the, putting the hyphen in the URL. <laughs> I, I could do a redirect. Yeah, sure. I don't think it's a problem. Uh, yeah, we don't use B sides very much. No. Uh, Oz asks, uh, and I'm going to ask this of you because I really don't have an answer. Uh, Mike, if you could have a show hosted by anyone that dead or alive uh although a dead person would be a dead co-host would be very quiet uh <laughs> who would it be and what would the topic of their show what, what would the topic be i think i would love to have me personally because i'm like that now have a show with Stephen fry like where i just ask him questions it just be about anything just nothing like just yeah. nothing in particular i just ask him stuff and to see what he thinks like i think he's so fascinating and has so much knowledge in his brain and I've heard him do things like this, like off the cuff kind of speaking before and he's just incredible and I'm a big fan of his work and I think that he would be an incredible person to be on a podcast. It would be, uh, I could, uh, I would listen to it. Good. So what's up next? We have Dan and Dan asked, uh, now that Stephen is a professional podcasters, uh, are there going to be more <laughs> Stephen hosted shows other than Liftoff? Maybe so. One of the things in the pipeline uh, I'm involved with as a as a co-host potentially 
And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do more. It's about finding, like we said all along, finding the right thing, finding the right people to do it with, and uh, making sure that it that it all makes sense time wise. Uh, so I, I'd like to do more. I hope to do at least one more on a regular basis. But um, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. So, yeah, like if we did everything evil we wanted to do, everything that came our way, we would probably have like sixty shows now. We'd, we'd be dead. It wouldn't be possible. And like. Where we are right now, like what sixteen now? Sure. That is that that feels to me like the most we could do right now. Like every time we add in a new show, we have to like sit down and we go work through it and we see how it affects our resourcing. And obviously, the thing that we don't know right now is like completely how that changes with you putting more time in as well. And we're still sort of working through a lot of that stuff because it's only been a couple of weeks. So who knows, maybe we could add two more. Like, we don't know. But it's like, we have to... The thing is, every show that, that we add takes more of mine and Steven's time away from all of the other shows as well, you know? So we want to balance it so we're able to fully give our time, support, and, and resourcing to everything that we can. So that's... We actually don't have an upper limit right now, but I just know that right now I need to sit and you need to sit and we work out how does this feel, you know? And right. And we go from there, I think. Yeah. Uh, Russ uh, asked, how much influence or guidance do you exert over other shows uh, that neither of you host, or do you just let people get on with it? I rule with an iron fist. True. <laughs> Script every word. No, I. this is a thing where it just depends on the show. There are sh- some shows that like the help and ask for it. Like, for example, Stephen said that he produces Rocket. Stephen doesn't just edit Rocket. He also provides production, like cutting out parts of the show that doesn't work and sometimes uh, the hosts of Rocket will ask him to look at something or to tighten something up and he'll do that because that's the type of thing that they want and then you have a show like Mac Power Users where they can just they can do whatever they like to do you know because they don't need the help from us we won't ever put any requirements on them we just like that they have a home of us and they make the show that they make it really does differ show to show depending on how much work we put in and and it's completely up to our hosts for how much they want um and most of the shows that neither me or steven are on they are very happy with just doing what they need to do and asking of us when they have to, which is really great. We don't get involved where we're not needed to. Yeah, I think, I, uh, yeah, I mean, that works for us because we, we work with so many people who are so great and so professional. Um, you know, it's people have lots of wide-ranging skills and abilities from editing to post-production to all sorts of stuff. So the way I see it is we are, um, you know, we're there to provide help when and where they need it and you know let them do their thing because you know we we trust all of our hosts to do great work and they're all very creative and very very intelligent the smartest group of people i've ever worked with and uh they always get out of their way and let them do their thing and and provide any backup if they need it so completely uh you want to tackle this next one uh where am i in the list now uh danny Right, Danny has asked, "Can you tell us anything about getting ghosts, ghosts, getting ghosts on your shows? We're back on the dead people again. Can you tell us anything about getting guests for your shows and payments to them? Obviously, you pay co-hosts. Do you pay guests? So we pay co-hosts an agreed percentage. Um, so the basically, you know, we talk about it as a group, and then the hosts of the show go and work it out themselves, or like I work out my co-host, that kind of thing. Uh, I've never paid a guest ever." 
Um, I don't know of anyone that does. I'm sure that you get into a certain area of podcasting and guests are paid, but I've never been paid for anything that I've guested on. I don't know anybody personally that's ever been paid for a guest appearance. It's not something that, that happens. Yep. And, uh, you know, some shows have guests and some don't. We leave that up to the co-hosts. So, like, Mac Power users, for example, their workflow shows are very guest-heavy. They just interviewed Jonathan Mann this week. Um, uh, so they handle all that themselves. It's There's nothing centralized, you know, saying, hey, you know, Stephen, can you book a host for me for this day? It's all handled by the co-host and because they have the, the creative direction to take their shows uh, where they want to go. Well, except for Clockwise when, you know, that show... Those guys, we have to do everything for them. A lot of nightmare. Jason is jumping up and down the chat room. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, they they have to do two guests a week. They have the clockwise has the most rigorous guest schedule, and Jason just does it, and we fill in. And as a listener of Clockwise, I love it, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I don't want to be in charge of booking two guests a week. Like, there's no way I could do that. Aiton, uh, sorry, I probably ruined your name. Uh, Aiton <laughs> said, "Will there be a relay one-year anniversary T-shirt I can throw my money at?" That was a great idea. I wish you would have mentioned this a month ago. Uh, no, there isn't one, but you should go and buy a shirt or some stickers. Uh, that would be very nice if you would. Anybody would go and do that at relay.fm/store. You can go and do that. But we should have we should have had some anniversary merchandise, but we don't. So buy another one and think of it. I mean, if you really want, I can maybe get uh, Jeff to just write one year on it in Sharpie <laughs> if you order a shirt. Just let me know and I'll, I'll send him a message. <laughs> and uh, the merchandise, I mean, no one asked specifically, but like we do have a store, we we do do merchandise. It's not, uh, it's a break-even affair. And that's all That's all it needs to be. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, something that we enjoy doing and a lot of shows will do uh, show-specific shirts through Teespring or something like that and we have more of those coming. And another thing that I want to mention about that, so uh, those those show specific shirts, like we take no money from that, like that is all on the hosts. I just figure I might as well throw that out there. Yeah, just to see how nice we are. Super um, nice. Super nice. Nice guys. Nice guys. FM. That's what we should have called this. <laughs> nice guys. FM. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. Dave has asked, how do you feel the past year has gone? Has it met or exceeded your expectations? And how have you adjusted as the year progressed? So. I can kind of touched on this already in that I feel like it's massively exceeded all of my expectations. There's no way that I could have considered being where we are today. Um, but the thing about this question is different is like the adjustment and uh, the adjustment has kind of just come naturally with the territory. Like I've never felt like I needed to massively adjust the way that things were working because things change and as things grow and if, I feel like if we would have stopped to have to think about how we adjust here, it would have slowed us down too much. And it was kind of just like, you just go with it, just roll with the punches. And every day and every week, there's new challenges and new things happening and we just go with them. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, there's things that maybe six months in that we had hoped we'd be able to do. And I think the next question really leads into that. So, but um, yeah, it's just because opportunities have arisen and people have showed up and knocked on our door uh, it's sort of hard to like set those expectations when when the good stuff keeps keeps happening. I've just been told by Tenebe in the chat room that NiceGuys.fm is available, so <laughs> we can really can jump on that if we want to. Uh, Adam asks, "What did it mean to have Merlin and John join the network? What did it mean for you?" Uh, it was it was just 
super humbling. Uh, f- have followed you know their work separately for a long time and listened to Hypercritical. Um, you know, read John's OS 10 reviews for a decade, um, followed Merlin for a long time. And, uh, so it was just, it was so humbling. They would want to, you know, join our, our network and, and, and work with us. And it's been an absolute pleasure to work with both of them, uh, on their, on their project. And it's, um, it's a fun show. Reconcilable differences is very different to what's a lot of the other stuff on the network is, but it's, uh, if you like those guys and what they do, it's, it's definitely a show you should check out. Oh, definitely. And like you, the similar kind of thing, like Merlin was part of MacBreak Weekly, which was one of my first favorite podcasts, right? And and I loved him then. And to imagine that I would be working with him like nearly 10 years later is kind of a crazy thing. But this goes for so many people, like David and Katie and Jason and Andy and Echo and Gray and Marco and Bree and Christine. Like The list just goes on and on and on of like these amazing people whose work I've respected for longer than I have that this network has been in existence. Like all of these people putting their faith in us and being happy to have the relay name attached to what they do is my favorite thing in the world. Um, and it is incredible. And I, we are so very lucky that these people are happy to call Relay FM a home for some work that they do. It's a, quite an incredible thing. Yeah. So this question comes from my brother. Uh, would you rather fight a dozen duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? This is like an AMA question, right? Yeah, it's a Reddit thing. Okay. Uh, I said uh, I think that I would probably prefer to fight a dozen duck-sized horses. I feel like I would be able to fare against smaller animals better than like a huge duck you know like small horses the size of ducks i feel like i could get re- i could deal with those better in in a better way than one massive duck yeah i uh i agree i've thought about this question a lot having oh. time on <laughs> um, i see what you just put in the document so, here. so someone and i can't find who asked it it's on twitter somewhere today uh and this was a question that was posed to the Hello Internet guys uh, last week's between Gray and Brady. Who would win in a fight? So, Mike, who would win in a fight between us? So, I don't know how it would have changed over time. Uh, I'm much bigger than you now, like mass-wise, uh, but I still think you would win. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm quick. Yeah, you got the agility. Uh, yeah, and I have tattoos, so like I could. There's no telling what I could be carrying that's, I mean, that's a really that's a really good point problematic yeah i think you would win in a fight between us i've never had a fight in my life have you ever had a, ever had a fight uh like in like fourth grade or something did you win i hit him once and it was over yeah uh, yeah there were two hits you hit him and he hit the floor it was like at school i definitely didn't get in trouble so i don't know if like if my fourth grade teacher is listening to this i'm very sorry and please don't send me to the principal's office but the only scenario that I've ever had like this, though, this is something you might need to watch out for, that I threw a rock at a kid when he tried to fight me. So oh, maybe, my gosh. <laughs> well, I, I think I was like seven. So maybe I'm a dirty fighter. So maybe I would win. I'll just throw a rock at your head. So I'm just not going to So I'm not gonna go anywhere dangerous with you ever again. <laughs> uh, Kevin asked, Ke- Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin asked, do you ever wake up and think I've made a huge mistake? Arrested not Development. Yet. Yep, great, great reference, but I haven't yet. Uh, no, I mean there, no, I mean I'm only in it, you know, full time for uh, two weeks or something. But uh, no, because everything, 
Um, not only does Relay and, and everything we do make sense on paper, which is important, but it makes sense in the way that it feels and the way that it works in real life. And so uh, I never I never have that issue. We have a lot of questions left. Just, yeah, uh, that's well, fine. It's not a problem. We just do. Uh, Gary asked, what was the thing that you thought would be easy that turned out to be really hard? This for me, so I didn't think that this would necessarily be easy, but it surprised me how not many, te- when I say how many technical issues we've had with the website, it makes it sound like we've had lots and we haven't, but just I didn't think that we would have some of the issues that we have had, uh, and they're di- very difficult. So like we had, for a while, I think the worst part was we had some scaling problems. Mm-hmm. Basically, Mac Power users broke everything. Uh <laughs> <laughs> their show was is so large that and we didn't have anything like that before and it was doing like the big feed import kind of it made things creak a bit and we had to think about that and re-architect some stuff and the funny thing when you do this kind of stuff is that you have a complex issue and you fix it but by fixing it you unearth more issues and it's mad and this is exactly why like i knew that i couldn't do this without you because i have no idea i just basically relay would have shut down already <laughs> and, it would, and we, the site would have gone down one day and i wouldn't have been able to get back up again <laughs> well i guess that was i guess that's over <laughs> but we have a lot of help with that i mean guys like will and jason and tim all these all these people who've helped us over the last year build the site initially and keep it running and scale it which has been the biggest technical problem we've had of just it got big quick and um that whole team of people nathaniel like all those guys have been so helpful and so uh um just giving of their time and i mean you know they all have other jobs and they're helping us out on the side and uh, we have a great team of of people who help us keep the technology with the site and the streaming and everything uh, online in order it's not it's not me it's it's people much smarter than me so um here we go. Here's a question about feelings a little bit from Gavin. What is your favorite thing about podcasting? Uh, I get to talk to my friends about things that I love and make money from it. Like, <laughs> simple, really. It's a dream job. Uh, uh, that's my favorite thing, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, for for me, it's, it's, it's getting to talk to people who um, have the same interest as I do. Mike, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel acutely now working for myself that um, I just don't come in contact with a lot of people uh, most days who have the same interest as me. You know, I have, I have I have a group of guys I have lunch with and we're all like Apple nerds. And so I, I, I get that time, which is really special. But um, there's a lot of things I'm interested in. I just don't get to share with people I know in real life. And I get to go on the Internet and talk to Jason about space or talk to you and Federico about the Mac and iOS. And, and, and teletext. And, and yeah that and uh antique browsers and all the crazy stuff we've done uh as so if for me it's it's an outlet to just discuss and have uh, a conversation about things that i'm interested in and that that for me is really good and really healthy i, I feel better after a good episode of connected i feel i feel you know uh rejuvenated in a way after spending time with you guys it's funny how i mean it, it isn't when you think about it really but it's funny how the the, the shows make me feel happier Except yeah. if they're in San Francisco during WWDC week. Dude. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a question in the chat room that flew by a second ago. I'm going to tack onto this one. Of, uh, Do you deal with any like pre-show 
nervousness or, or anything like that anymore? Uh, not not for stuff that got, continues, you know. Um, I still get a little bit jittery about newer things, you yeah. know. Like, you know, I'm sure you're feeling this way about liftoff. Yes. Um, it's kind of subsided for Cortex for me now, but um, that that was that it was definitely there for a bit. It's just because you want to make sure that the show's good, right, and that people are gonna like it. I'm not nervous to talk to the people. Um, it's like you, you're thinking about the end result, but I don't get that way anymore. I don't get that way of guests anymore. Uh, one of the things that I've had over the many years that I've been doing interview shows, you know, I've been speaking to people that I've never met before and I've actually gotten quite good at getting over the nerves. Like, you know, so like a couple of ones that pop out in my brain, talking to Merlin for the first time, uh, interviewing Jonathan Colton was crazy for me because he's like mm. a rock star. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's like yeah. these people that you really, really appreciate or people that are from different walks of life to like tech blogging uh, and you speak to these people and it can be a bit nerve-wracking. But considering I've done so much of that, I feel pretty good about it now. Yeah. Uh, Tessa has asked, uh, what do you think the average podcast listener looks like? Age, job, gender, etc. Uh, why do you think this and how does it affect your business? So we have no idea what these people look like. We have no metrics that tell us this sort of stuff. So I tend not to think about it. Like it doesn't guide me. Like I don't try and make a podcast for 25 year old males, um, which, you know, the 18 to 25 male market might be our biggest market. I don't know. Like I think it depends show to show now, which I think is really great that we've been able to build that. Like, you know, I expect that rocket doesn't skew that way. I have no idea. It could do, but I don't know that. Um, And I think that that is, I think it's important for us that we don't think of it that way. And I know that sounds weird and anybody that does traditional advertising stuff is like horrified right now that we don't think about demographics. But I prefer for us not to think about that because I don't want to work that way. The only demographic that we pay any attention to is that, and we know this for sure, is that 60% of our audience is based in the US. And this means that when companies like Warby Parker and Casper and Harry's who are US based and only work in the US approach us, I'm confident in that we will be able to give them the results that they want as a company. Um, and, you know, it makes me feel a little bit bad if we have a 40%, but 60% is such a large majority when, because then it goes everything into 10% and then single digits. Mm-hmm. So I feel okay about it. It's also important because if a company from the UK contacts me to do a similar kind of product, I want to tell them, just so you know, like on average, our audience is 12% UK. Right, because that might be a problem for you. So we make decisions based on that, but I think it's fair to say we don't make decisions based on demographic information because one, we don't have it, and two, we don't like to guess it. Yep. Um, Justin was was curious about download numbers. We revealed that in the TechCrunch article. Uh, we're at one and a half million downloads a month right now across across the network. Um, which we're very happy with. It's the first number we've shared like this. Like many podcasters are like this. We've kind of been like this over the time and we tend not to really share a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, that was a number that was big enough that when we were talking with TechCrunch, we wanted to kind of put that to us now so it could show that we're kind of kind of serious, you know? Um, and it's a big number, 1.5 million downloads, and we're very, very proud of it, and we've hit that multiple months now, um, and we don't see any sign of that changing. Uh, in regards to ad rates, don't want to share that specifically, um, 
because just because but we charge industry average for podcasting yep uh, that's kind of where we are with that and leading on from that richard asks can you briefly explain the sponsorship process so what happens is uh, companies contact us or we contact companies that we think are interesting or that we would like to talk about on our shows we chat with them if they're interested. We share figures with them. We share rates with them and stuff like that and talk about ideas for how a sponsorship could occur and the types of things that we could do together. If the company's happy and they want to do it, we arrange a time with them that meets their schedule and fits in with ours. Um, we agree on that. And then sometimes we'll sign some paperwork at that point to lock that in. Uh, and then we will ask for talking points from a company. So we don't we tend to never really do scripts that are given to us by the advertiser. Um, in most cases, we write the scripts. So we ask for talking points, like the things they want to get across, but then we write the scripts to fit the style of Relay FM and to fit for the hosts, which we then give out to everybody. People are allowed to ad lib and, and that kind of stuff, and we make that clear with our advertisers. Um, and then we invoice them at the end of the week that their show was aired. That's kind of the process, I think. And me and Stephen have a Trello board now, which is really cool. And we move things from card to card. And Brian asked the question, do you handle sponsorships for the existed pre-relay shows like Mac Power users? Uh, on the whole, for most of that stuff, yes, we do. There are some things here and there which are, uh, are different. But on the whole, we are invo well, we're involved in the sponsorships for all shows. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's how we do that. Uh, what's next? Oh, the pants question. TJ, <clears throat> ballpark figure, how many days in the past year did you bother to put on pants? More, uh, wait, bother to put on pants less than I should have, I think. I probably should have so worn pants more days than I, than I have. Gotcha. I wear pants every day, but I'm still new. That will it. change. It will change. <laughs> Trust me. Well, days I do audio have to come to the office, and, and it's an office that's shared with uh, like another company, and they might notice if I'm walking through their hallway, um, sans pants. So. Uh, Jeff asked, uh, this, is, this question's worded interestingly, uh, mm -hmm. what made you want to try again after 70 decibels, and why involve Stephen? Jeff doesn't like me. <laughs> no. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> the way that this is sounded, and, and maybe Jeff doesn't mean it this way, but I'm going to take it this way anyway, is that like 70 decibels failed. And that was my first podcast network. Um, don't go to the URL. It's been hijacked. Just please don't go there. Um, it didn't fail. Like we just moved to 5x5 five five for reasons that made a lot of sense to us. We needed infrastructure. We needed time to learn. And the thing was that I don't really think we ever really spoke about. So 70 decibels was started with me and one of my friends from school terry who was one of the hosts of the first show that i ever did the bro show and we worked on it for a long time and then we relaunched that show to come out on space and at that point terry decided to step down from the show and from relay fm in general um and when that happened i ran things you know i kind of was it was kind of mine to run at that point but that was i think the time where me and you really started to work together more yeah. Um, and the way that I saw it then, whilst we never really spoke about it this way, was that the two of us ran 70 decibels because Stephen was always there to help me with stuff. And he was the person that I bounced ideas off and that kind of thing. And we ran that together. 
Um, and then we moved to five by five and we kind of was were there with Dan and we kind of operated with him and independently at the same time. You know, we had our own little thiefdom, I guess, inside of five by five that we worked in, worked on and around. And me again, me and Stephen worked on all of that together. So when it was time to give it another go, like, you know, I thought to myself, you know, it's time to to think about something else. And I said to Stephen about it and it was obvious to both of us that we were going to do it together and this time to make it properly official and you know both of our names on the door and we both own you know majority shares in the company and that kind of thing so there was nobody else I would do it with basically Jeff I don't know why you hate Steven so much but I love him so it's okay yeah and we, and we met way back then I was writing 512 pixels and um although it's probably the fork bomber days before the rebrand and uh mm-hmm uh, you invited me on to talk about uh, Apple stuff, and we just stayed in touch. And um, it, I think, the relationship that you and I share is is sort of a model for how Relay works now. Of you know, uh, organic friendship being graded around like a uh, common interest, right? And and mm-hmm. we just stayed in touch and talked about stuff, and it grew um, over time. And really, the decision to start Relay was in my mind at least kind of the first decision we sat down and actually made the rest of it was very much just a it was very natural just to be working together on this stuff exactly yeah. um there was never a except for maybe like, the prompt right yeah you know, yeah i guess we we kind of decided together that we wanted to change the show that we were doing which i was very surprised to see that mentioned in the TechCrunch article right that romaine was clearly familiar with us from those days and mentioned the 512 podcast that we did together and then we pivoted it into the prompt um, and just you know, decided we wanted to change it up, and Federico joined us, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, it was the first time that, like, business-wise, we decided to make it like official. We, I put a ring on it, basically. Wow, we've um, <laughs> and we went from there. <laughs> uh, on a infinite time scale, uh, to borrow a phrase from ATP, uh, Mickey asked, "What direction do you see Relay FM heading?" More of what we currently do now, I suppose. Uh, I think that we are open for change and happy to adapt to things, but I don't, again, have any grand plans for a thing, a vision. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, world domination in which everyone is branded with our logo is... um, We've tossed that around. I mean, I don't want to commit to that publicly, but no, uh, again, it's this organic thing of what makes sense for us at the time and um what uh what we want to do so cool uh yes so many questions yeah people love you uh this is a troll question uh, (laughs) i know i know we're all like your children and you love us all equally but who is your favorite google and android podcast so this is obviously yasmin from material so i will naturally say material because well it's the only google and android podcast that i listen to but that is for good reason and you should be listening to material if you're not yep it's uh super great and it's a lot of fun and they had some really great guests on a couple weeks ago um from from google which is super cool Mm -hmm. they got the inside track over there material Yep, they got more stuff in the pipeline too. I was very excited about where that show's going to go. Uh, Tom asked, boring question, I know, but was it difficult setting a company where the co-founders lived in different countries? Extremely. <laughs> We're still doing it. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it is a long process. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's complicated. And we have, 
and you know, people ask me sometimes, I don't know if you get this, Mike, you know, people ask me like when they're starting out, like, should I have a company or should I do? And like, my advice is like, talk to a CPA and talk to an attorney. And we have mm-hmm. uh, CPAs in both countries and we have an attorney and it's, it's, it, it takes money, but it, it ensures that everything's done correctly. And you don't want to get caught a year or two into something and realize that, um, you know, you've accidentally been cheating the IRS or something like <laughs> Get it done right if you're going to do it. And um, we've got, again, a lot of help. You know, this is not us doing it on our own. A lot of help from those guys. And um, it's been good. Adam asked, do you worry about Relay being a passing fad? Uh, no. Nope. I've been doing this for six years. Things have grown from you know year on year, and they continue to. Uh, I think it's up to us to follow trends and push things in new directions to keep Relay like fresh and current. I think that we're here to stay. Um, and that's because of the way that we built our company. Everyone's a part of this. We all work together. We are all focused on pushing it forward and getting things to be better and better every day. Uh, so no, I don't think we're a passing fad. Kapow. Boom. Uh, good friend Marco asked, this is Marco of a K. Uh, I'll be on a plane when you record this. Uh, what or who do you listen to on planes? Uh, I typically take large chunks out of podcast backlogs that, that I have. So there might be a show that I love that I'm behind on and then I use plain time as a way to get for a couple of episodes of it and it works really well. I generally watch movies on flights. So um, I don't know. It, it depends. I don't – I generally don't have a huge podcast backlog. So, But if I do, I'll, I'll do that as well. I listen to um, a lot of Hello Internet traveling this summer because uh, I, I came in pretty late and I wanted to listen to the backlog. So I, I blasted through a lot of Hello Internet this summer. It's worth it. It's worth going back on that show. Uh, it's intense listening to a bunch of it, like 12 hours of a, a row of, of Brady and Gray. Uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Martin. asks. Yep. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he does. He does. He asks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? It- <laughs> he says, happy birthday and thanks for the shows. You've surely had ideas and offers that weren't right. How did you know when to say no? I think we just go by our gut. And it's very rare that one of these things, actually I don't think this has ever happened, that we've had an opportunity or something come our way and we have felt differently about it. I can't think of any scenario where you have said one thing and I've said the other. Um, I think that we do what we think is right. Uh, we think, is this something that somebody wants to hear? And does it make sense for us as a business decision? And if these things add up, then we'll do it. And if they don't, then we don't. Is that fair? That's fair. Uh, Will asks, how do you know it's the right time to add a new show and expand the network? And again, if it just feels right, like we never have planned, I think we've mentioned this already a couple of times now, like we never planned to have us be at 15. We never planned to have, you know, four shows in two months or whatever. It's just the way it, the way the cards fall, I think is the way that we do it. Um, Will has a couple of other questions for us. Would we be surprised to learn that having an existing show join can sometimes be more work than starting something new? I'm not sure about this because I guess when an existing show joins, you don't have to come up with a name, which takes forever. Uh, You don't have to... Like, the artwork process is a lot easier um, because you can adapt on the previous artwork, so you don't need to come up with, like, roots for the artwork to go. Uh, there's a lot easier to understand the, the the thinking behind it, and one of the great things is you're gonna have a good idea 
if the show's going to be a success because you kind of can have a can gauge where it is from where it is now, you know? Like you can see how successful mm-hmm. it is now and you have a good idea if it's going to continue from there. And I think that that makes it easier in a lot of ways. Uh, but there are there are benefits and disadvantages to both both models, right? Um, and uh, on onboarding a show that exists, you know, is more work on the site side if you if we're importing the backlog. So, um, you know, like the Pin Act, for instance, which exists has exi- existed for a long time, had you know well over a hundred episodes, I think, when we launched. And getting all those imported and set up correctly is, is can can be time consuming. Um, although we've improved that that process over the last year, but um, I mean, it, it you know, there's some things that have to be done either way, right? The the artwork we got to work with the host and work with Frank and get everyone on the same page with that, and um, there's sort of the uh, the 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 to do list overlaps a lot uh, from a new show to existing show. And Will also asked, do you see Relay FM expanding into video? Uh, I don't rule it out. I expect we will one day, but I don't think it's going to be just videos of what we currently do. You know, we'll do video of some description, maybe, but it's yeah, it's it's got to make sense, right? Uh, uh, just talking heads is is only interesting for so long. So um, taking something like connected, where there's a, where there's where there are three of us, and just having it bounce around to us sitting in our offices talking is is not really compelling video in my mind. I agree. I totally agree. It's not the type of stuff that we're interested in making. We're we're artistic people. We're creative people. Like we could come up with something if we really wanted to at some point, but we'll see. Uh, John mm-hmm. asked, um, like for it was a question for me. How was it waking up to celebrate today, um, our one year anniversary, when Stephen is asleep and a big chunk of your audience is asleep? It's like whenever we do anything like this. Uh, the launch day, whenever we launch shows, whenever we have big news, I know it's coming, right? And I wake up at 8 a.m. and I know that we're going to tend, we tend to do these things at like 10 a.m. Eastern time, which is like 3 p.m. for me. Um, And it's like, I don't know, it's like, I wake up and I start to get to work because usually I leave things that are related to that thing for that morning, right? So I just work on them on that morning, put the final touches in place. Stephen always wakes up to 25 iMessages most days, especially on these days from me, of my thoughts, feelings, and uh, desires about the day. Uh, We tend to do things in Eastern time, which makes it difficult for me. And I have these horrible days (laughs) where I'm like waiting from 8, 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. for the thing. So yeah, it can be it can be lonely sometimes in the podcast Sorry. world. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You wake up early, yeah. so Look at you. I do. I do wake up early. Um, I think that's our. I think that's rounds it out. It sure does. We got through it. Um, and if there's any other questions in the chat room, uh, we'll happily take those now. But we've got through the questions that came into us, uh, and added in some supplementary stuff along the way. Uh, I think this has been a good explainer for kind of where we are right now. I'm interested in how it's going to sound uh, in the next year. Um, we have we have six months until I usually leave things, so we need to watch out for that. And uh, aside from that, uh, hi, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I promise. Ter- I'm- I promise. I'm in this for the long haul. Me too. Um, but yeah, so I think. I think we're good. I think we're good. And uh, as I said earlier on Connected, 
I am very, uh, very happy that we get to do this together, and I'm very proud of what we've built. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think that rounds it out. So thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening live, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time. Adios. <laughs>